Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you planned out today. Very excited. We got a big panel, some great questions, and I am stoked to get this conversation started. But while I am doing that, by all means, make sure y'all are liking the show. Subscribing to the channel, hit the notification bell, get your emails every morning when we go live, which is, of course, every day. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, anything at all, by all means, put them up in the comment section. We will engage them directly, kind of like this one. Good morning, the collective and coaches. Good to see you, Winter Storm. Thank you. Nice. You're on time today. I'm liking it. <laughs> so we have, um, again, we have lots to talk about today. Any thoughts or questions before we get into the intros? Anything at all? All right, cool. Then I am going to put up BC. You're up first. Hit us up. 15 seconds. <laughs> go all right uh grew up in the south punk rock kid skateboarding ran a little bit from uh joined the army did four years of the infantry uh unit graduated got a degree in psychology became a uh work game homicides uh fbi task force and developed training to teach others how to develop gang informants and dismantle gangs done bam, bam. 16 seconds but i'll, I'll give it to you <laughs> travis <laughs> what about yourself <laughs> Um, Travis Denman. I'm a retired Army Special Forces. I uh, did 22 years in the Army, retired in 14, then did uh, some security contracting, various capacities, also a gym owner, consultant, and a technical advisor, and currently a student uh, back in college. So, Almost a pilot. Almost. Yeah. Still working close. on it. Yeah. Chris, how about yourself? It's good to be back. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I joined the Army when I was 28, did 10 years in the Army, uh, seven of which was in Special Forces. Got out last year and started uh, started coaching full-time, help folks primarily with mindset and overall goal setting and, and long-term planning. Bam. And he changes the colors in the background every day. It's nice to see. <laughs> Just a slight hue difference. Chris Fran, how about yourself? Hey, I'm Fran Richopi. I spent uh, 13 years in the Army of Special Forces as a Green Beret, like a few others on the on the panel here. Uh, and I do just want to say that uh, winter storm was on time. We were late. Okay. And that's totally the fault of the host. Uh, and also, I host the Jedberg podcast where we do a lot of leadership development work. And uh, I run a security company as well. He's also on time. Almost all the time. <laughs> like right on time. Like you like said right too, on. not a minute soon. <laughs> right on time. It's fantastic. So today is going to be a fantastic show. I am looking forward to the conversation. Uh, we got a couple of, like I said, a couple of video comments. Sean, you got any points before we uh, jump on? No, that's going to be a good one. Looking forward to it. Thanks, fellas. All right. So, quick couple comments. Great Ed Gear jumps in here. Good morning, gents. Good to see you. And Winter Storm jumps in. Vindication! <laughs> um, absolutely. So, speaking of Winter Storm, we have a question from him. So, I'm going to put him up right away. We'll dive right into thoughts on that, and then we will move on. Here we go. Good morning, the collective and coach. It's Corey McGregor here. Question for you regarding um, people that you may think about coaching or asking you to coach them that at one point used to be uh, a lot more elite than what they are now, uh, perhaps better at a higher tier, um, asking for a friend um, who has difficulty now looking to get back into uh, being better, not being what they once were and having a stumbling block on that. How do you address that? And, uh, what sort of success do you have dealing with those types of people? Thanks. Look forward to your answer. Bam. 
there we go. That is the first question of the day. Fran, you're at the top of my list. You're going first. What do you got? You might want to unmute yourself, though. Now, you know how much fun it is to not listen to Fran through his sexy new microphone? It's fun. Did I mention, do you guys have the Shure SM7DB? Because I do. Just saying, you know, the, the cloud Just lifter, saying. it's incorporated in the mic now. It's not an external piece. I mean, you guys should get one. And yeah, yet it's, you still don't know how to use the it mute, sounds mute good. button. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to. I don't need to. This, this microphone does everything for me. So, you know, if you love it, uh, go to jedbergpodcast.com. Pick yourself up one. Um, there's the plug. <laughs> so this is a really, really awesome question because I struggle with this uh, myself, right? And I, I often ask for a friend when I look in the mirror and say, who are you? Because you're not who you used to be. And um, how are you going to get back there? And then I have to remind myself that I'm not going to get back there. I'm not going to get back there. And you know what? That's okay. That's not actually a problem. The reason why you often feel that way, why I often feel that way, is because I, it, time goes by quickly, but time also weighs on you. And we aren't often what we used to be. And sometimes it might not be possible. So I have to redefine what success looks like. Okay. Because when I was 22 and I finished being a four-year collegiate athlete at the division one level and was going into the army, I was a person who could run a sub 18 minute three mile and get a 300 on the PT test and, and everything. Right. But now I'm 43. I've had two back injuries. I have three little kids and I run two businesses. So I can't go train for four hours a day. If I get 30 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes, that's a win. So what's important is to redefine what success looks like. And I'm not saying that that's easy. That's really, really hard because even on the days where I go out there and I get my 20 or 30 minutes and I say, ah, man, what can I do for another half an hour? Wait, you don't have another half an hour. That's okay because now it's about consistency, redefining what my goals are. And I can still have high goals, but the path to get there may be longer and we have to be content with that. So how we frame our mind to set those goals understand where we are today and what our definition of success is for us right now. And that may change over time too. And that's probably going to be a good thing. We'll, that will allow us to then go execute on those things every day with a level of consistency that will help us get there. Then once we get there, we can redefine them again. That's my answer. All right. Well then uh, let's just shut the show down. Everybody. Thanks for the <laughs> Freaking rock that. I love it. Chris, I'll, I'll go back on mute. Yeah. There you go. Chris, what yeah, do you think? I, I think Fran nailed it. Um, uh, some of the folks I talk to, yeah, whether they served prior and they, they used to be PT studs and, and now they're on the struggle bus or maybe it's been a few years and they, you know, let the donuts accumulate. <laughs> uh, it, it, it does, I try to remind them that, you know, where they are currently is, is a direct result of their daily habits and actions. And sometimes they get kind of poopy face because then they, they look down at their gut and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> But that should also give them hope that wherever they want to be down the road, it's, it's just a, an accumulation of good habits over the course of time. And, and like Fran said, it just may take a little bit longer. Yeah, we're, I often say it's not, it's not age, it's the mileage uh, that wears on you. And some of us have a lot of miles on us, and particularly if you've served prior. Uh, so it might take a little bit. So be patient with the process. Um, stop comparing 
to what you used to be uh, when when your job was working out and and being in really good shape. Um, life life is busy and life happens, so so you have to accommodate some of that. And you also don't want to you don't want to sacrifice you know relationships and stuff for the sake of having you know a beefcake body again. Uh, I think I think there's definitely a possibility and room to create balance and create harmony to get all the things you want, but you do have to kind of orchestrate your your schedule in such a way that they can accommodate all of those things. So anyway, uh, I, I do try to remind them like who they want to be is totally possible, uh, but we have to set up a very a legitimate schedule to get there. You can't just hope and wish that you'll be benching three plates again. Um, you have to like set out a plan. If, if you haven't been in the gym in forever, it's it might take a while to get back to where you were or, or close to where you were, um, but don't don't assume that if you haven't been in the gym for a while that you can go in and, and throw around weight like you used to. Like maybe you start all the way over and that's totally okay because the journey is, or yeah, the journey is the destination. The, the whole process of struggling and striving to be better, that's the fun part. Um, reaching that, that end goal, yeah, it's cool uh, and we should we should celebrate that, but, but the journey is the best part. And so embracing that journey and that struggle again uh, like we used to maybe when we were a little bit younger is is what I try to get them to focus on. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to struggle today trying to find, like, clips from today because I think it's just going to be, like, knowledge bombs left, right, and center here. It's going to be crazy. BC, what are, you th- what are you thinking? So when I'm teaching um, agents or officers or deputies, the, the main thing that I explain to them is like that. I've done what my experience was, but also what I've learned from other people. So some people may say, okay, yeah, you were in this assignment or you've done this in the past, but what are you doing now? Kind of thing. I guess kind of like what you were saying is like, if you're not at that level, like when I was doing things that were on a very high level and dismantling one entire um, blood set uh, on a federal level during that same time, I was also developing the courses that I teach now. So it's almost like taking that material at that time and then still being able to present it and encourage others to adapt, to do it on the job. And then also two, three years down the road, develop their own training if that's what they like to do. Cause not everybody is really good at that training. Like they, they can be the top performer, at least like in my field, but they may not be able to present that information in a way that others can digest it either through a podcast, through uh, virtual learning or actually in a classroom or out in the natural environment where you pull somebody aside and you say, Hey, this is how we do this. Um, so it's just one of those things that I always try to encourage others. If you're really good at something and, and you can do it really well, um, better than a lot of see if you can actually present it and teach it to others. So then that information, um, continues. I always said I don't like being in a being in a department with one or two gang experts. I want to be in a department where I've created 50 other gang experts. And then those 50 proliferate into two, three hundred regional until you don't have that lack of information or institutional amnesia. But it's just that idea of developing that information at the peak level and then passing it on, even if it's five, 10 years down the road and somebody shows up at a range. If I'm taking a weapons course. And someone does move a little slower than everybody else or can't knock out as many push-ups or whatever it is, can they shoot and can they teach me something? I'm going to try and keep an open mind about that because at some point 
they probably were at the at the top of their game as well. I like it, Travis. What are you thinking? I've uh, I've had quite a bit of experience in this. Actually, my gym was right outside of Fort Bragg for a long time, so I got quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of old old uh, commandos who had uh, kind of hung it up for a while. And like Chris said, you know, they had a few donuts, and then for whatever reason, they decided it was time to get back get back in the saddle and uh, and uh, maybe grab the guns again. But I think the the most important thing when you're dealing with people who were performing at a super high level and they come back to it after a long break is to reestablish the baseline as soon as possible. You know, you have to reestablish that baseline and tell them like, Hey, our five meter, 10 meter target or our immediate threat target, which they understand very well is not a world-class performance that you had when you graduated selection. Like that's not what we're going to be doing here in the next week or so. You know, our five meter target is like reestablishing the habit of being up early, getting to the gym, you know, like establishing those those milestones that are going to build good habits in the long run and get you as close as you can. You know, during that time, you can start to uh, start to kind of make do some goal setting with like specific things that you want to accomplish in a certain time. You know, as a coach, kind of as you watch as you're working with this client or individual friend, whoever. And you're working with them, you kind of learn what they are capable of and uh, what they're going to be able to do in order to train well and continue to train to remain consistent and then make that progress, you know, because at that point, especially when you're retired from the military or you had, you know, a 10 year plus career, you like Chris said, you've got a lot of miles on you, you know, it's like, uh, you know, a freaking race car is the most highly tuned, awesome machine on the planet. But after a race, it's garbage. You know, it's trash like they trash and rebuild the whole thing. So you have to treat your body the same way. You have to rebuild it. You have to take care of it and you have to tune it right. You know, and uh, and that's really important. And it's hard for a lot of high performers to accept the new baseline. You know, I deal with this daily in the gym, like or at the pool or whatever. You know, I. For whatever reason it is, I cannot swim slow, like I will swim at 25 and I'm gassed. I'm done. And it's just because my brain remembers how fast I swim when I was freaking 25. And that's how fast I swim when I'm 50. And I just do it for way less time, you know, and, uh, and it's hard to do. But, uh, you know, with the help of a good coach, you know, they can see that and identify those things and then, uh, you know, take you to that next milestone and then continue that training on to the next one and the next one. I like that a lot. Sean, can I, can I, oh, oh Fran, yeah, what do you got? Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to um, follow up real quick on a couple of things that were said when we talk about, you know, we talked a lot about physicality, right? And the physical, the phys- way we interpret how we feel and perform physically, but it really starts in the mind, you know, and, and what's our motivation? Okay, when we talk about drive and think about the characteristics that we have to display as elite performers, the very first one that I always talk about is drive, because if we don't have the drive to wake up and do something every day, nothing else matters. You, you know, we say, oh, you're a good dude. You're a great dude. Well, every great dude wakes up with a purpose every day and they're motivated. But the question is, what motivates you? Is it self-motivation or are you looking at Instagram all day long and following all these channels of these really professional athletes, okay, who their job is to work out all day? Okay. And when we see that and the algorithm then only feeds us that garbage all day long, then we start to feel like we're inferior when the reality is, is that 
we're just, we're all normal. Those people are not the normal ones. Okay. They're the ones who are endorsed and paid to work out all day long. Our job is to wake up, raise kids, have a job and do that consistently every single day. And so we have to think about what's our motivation and are we internally motivating ourselves for a deeper desire and purpose within us? Or are we trying to be motivated to achieve some external goal in which we're not on the same playing field? Because the reality is, is we'd all be on the PGA tour if our job was to play golf all day long, but it's not. So we go out four times a year and we suck and we hack up the, we hack it up and then we get pissed about it. But if we played golf every single day, two rounds, we'd be on the tour too. I like that a lot. That's a great point, Sean. What are you thinking? I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of things there uh, and I'm trying to tie it all together in a logical sequence, but, um, I'm not sure I'll be able to, I'm going to give it an effort. So I think what we have to do, first of all, is uh, looking back at the original question, which as I understand it is, I used to be this, now I'm that, how do I get back to this? That's generally what we're talking about, I, I think. think. Loosely, yeah. yeah. And there's of course more nuance to it than that, but. I'll start with that. So <clears throat> I think the first thing is establishing how far off the gap you are as to what you think you want to be. And that requires a quick pressure test. If you think that you uh, can uh, run a mile in three minutes uh, and you're disappointed that you haven't run a mile in three minutes last week or run at all, forget about the visualization fantasy. Just go out and pressure test it. So establish what you actually are right now, today. And you know what's fun? Fran was talking about this finding balance and, you know, getting in the game and that, you know, you're raising kids and you've got a busy life, Fran. But I find it uh, really cool that, um, <laughs> by the way, I just started following uh, you yesterday. Can you believe that? What? Did I drop the ball or what? I know it's ridiculous. So um, I, I was watching I saw some that of the... come across, and I actually dude, felt very good. So thank dude. you, thank you for validating <laughs> my validation. So um, I what what I was watching is you have full ownership of your life when you put out videos that are talking about, you know. I used to be pretty good at these things, but now I'm struggling to keep up with her and I'm struggling to keep up with him. And, you know, in some of these CrossFit videos that you've put up, you can see you struggling and you're not only are you owning it, but you're having a bit of fun with it. You're having a little bit of fun with yourself. You're having a little bit of fun with the fact that now you're a dad, not like a, a mega assassin or anything like that. You've found the right balance between, you know, the Fran of today versus Fran of days gone by. And you're, I, at least as I interpret the videos, you're not down on yourself. At least you're not uh, presenting that you're down on yourself. It looks like you've got a good vibe on who you are today in your um, physicality. Even though I can see that you're a different person than when you were, you know, 15 years ago, of course, as we all are. And so it looked to me that you have a good calibration of who you are and you're having fun with who you are and you're still working towards being a better version of yourself. But that doesn't mean that you're trying to replicate 20 year old Fran. Am I wrong? Uh, is, is that my interpretation correct? 
I, I think you're right. And I think that in order to get there, it's, it's a struggle. It's a long struggle. Right. And I've had to internalize that, you know, at, at a, at a deep level, because you want to compare yourself to who you are. I want to compare myself to who I am every day. I get on the treadmill and I'm like, why am I not running a six minute pace for a mile or two? Well, because you can't. Right. And, and I've done what you said. I've tried to pressure test that and I failed and that's okay. But I think that we have, if you look at your life, I look at my life in terms of chapters, right? And you say, okay, well, what chapter of my life am I in? And there was a period of time where I had no kids and my, my job was to work out a good portion of the day. And my job was to be a special forces operator. And those were my responsibilities. My responsibilities today are not that. And as much as I, especially in today's environment, you watch what's going on in the world is I wake up every day and I go, man, I want to be in it. But that's not the chapter that I'm in right now. And so I have to define what success is to me on any given day. And that might change day to day. And even when I wake up and I say, well, today I'm going to I'm going to work out for, you know, 45 minutes and I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to have four protein shakes and fruit. And then I go in and my son wakes and I'm like, I have an hour before my son wakes up but he wakes up 10 minutes after me and all of a sudden, you know, we're eating Cheerios at the table while I'm trying to like, you know, post on Instagram, <laughs> right? Well, that's it. Like, yeah, guess what? My morning workout went out the window. Can I make up for this afternoon? Maybe, maybe not. And if I beat myself up all day long about it, then that's only going to hurt me in the long run because I just have to go back to, well, that's not where I am right now. And can I get a little win tomorrow? What's my little win tomorrow going to be Plan for that? Hope I get it and then be resilient if I don't. Well, that's perfect because that segues directly into what I wanted to lead into next. And that is wind conditions, setting wind conditions. I mentioned it yesterday, talked a little bit about wind conditions and how I went out for a ride. I had a shot in this arm and a shot in this arm, shingles and a flu, and it sucked. I felt like arse and my head was four times its size. I was nauseous. I had no energy, but I went out and smashed a bike ride out because I set a wind condition as if I just even get on my bike and get it going down a hill or up a hill, that's a freaking wind today because I had nothing in the tank. And that is life, man. How are we, um, this is back to the original question, life. How are we viewing who we are today and who we want to be tomorrow? And that dissonance, the gap between who you are today and who you want to be tomorrow, that dissonance will always exist if all you do is think about who you want to be tomorrow rather than getting on with making yourself who you want to be tomorrow. It's thoughts versus actions that creates the dissonance. You can think all the thoughts in your head, but until you put pedal to the metal or rubber to the road, it is going to keep scratching away at the back of your head. It's going to keep tickling your brain on you're unhappy until you put action in place. And so the win condition is simply understanding that you want to get better and then starting to do something about it. Start creating win conditions every single day, feeling like you're on the path towards the objective that you've set for yourself, which is I want to get closer to where I was 10 years ago. And it doesn't mean that you'll ever reach it. That isn't important. Who cares? What is important is you're striving to improve yourself, creating a bigger footprint of awesomeness today uh, for the rest of your life. That is a great point. It's funny when you first said wind conditions, I thought you said wind 
conditions and I thought you were going to make mm-hmm. like a sniper analogy and yeah, I was just like I was waiting for him like oh, that would have been good full value. my so, apologies full value. everyone this is the funny full thing value. this, this is what if, <laughs> this is the, I was thinking about it as you were talking when I finally understood that you said win and then uh, it came to me of the fact that it's actually quite similar because you have a, a bullet trajectory when everything is perfect right you can put your uh, your crosshairs on the target and you can pull the trigger and it'll It'll send it and it'll go. If there's no wind, it'll go exactly where you want it to. But if there is wind, it's going to start affecting where that is, which means then you have to take an action. You have to course correct or you have to adjust your sight just a little bit or your body position or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes into my question that I want to hit you guys with as well is that um, I I come from, you know, the engineers, we build bridges. Everything is based on balance. So you have to be able to build it from one side. And the key of it is being able to shift balance left and right based on what it is you're doing. So if you're adding pieces, then your weight needs to be to the right so you can add pieces. Then you're going to push that bridge out so that it balances again, and it's going to be on the outside, and you're going to add more pieces. And so anyway, not going to get too deep into it. But to Fran's point here was the fact that you have, as the time periods of your life change, certain things are going to have to be sacrificed. Right. As you become a father, now you're going to have to spend more time on being a father, or you can continue to spend just as much time doing the same things that you've always been doing to maintain that lifestyle. But then you're going to be sacrificing your time as a father. So the question I have for you guys is the development of that balance and how to deal with the major shifts, right? Where all of a sudden the balance gets totally to one side. How do we manage those points in time where like, you know, maybe you're at the top of the game and you have a massive injury, bang, you're all the weight's going to shift to one side now and you got to pick up that side of the bridge. How do you do that? How do you, how do you set that new baseline in those moments when all of a sudden everything went sideways? Travis, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? Based on the circumstances, I think those things are extremely varied. You know, if you're a high-level athlete and you become injured, your new job now is recovery. And you know that straight away. It's not nuanced at all. Your job is to get better so that you can be at that high level again. You know, um, for me, I was in the Army at my 10-year mark right when 9-11 happened. And uh, for the period of time after that, I, I mean, I did sacrifice my family. You know, I mean, it was it was the priority was then my team and the job. And that was the priority. And I'm lucky that I have a completely awesome wife who was able to shoulder the burden at home while I, you know, did what I did. And the reason that that happened and it was semi conscious and semi unconscious, but like my team was the priority, man, like your teammates is what you're there for. And that's what mattered at the time because you're going regardless. So you have to be at the top of your level of performance during that time, you know, and honestly, given the circumstances, I have never been able to replicate the, the cognitive ability that I had, the physical capacity that I had during those times, you know, when we were deployed and that was the focus, just like Fran said, I mean, that's my job, you know? So it was like, check your watch. I need to get this much sleep and like recovery. I need to get this much calories. Like it was a job, you know, and you performed at a very, very high level consistently for a long time. And, uh, it was kind of understood, you know, it's, uh, it's probably each individual's personal 
desire and whatever they want, you know, to prioritize things, you know, you can have a coach, you can talk to your team sergeant, you can talk to uh, your boss, however you want to prioritize these things, um, you know, bounce it off of somebody else. You know, we talk a lot about coaching. It's coaches week, you know, like having a coach is extremely, extremely helpful, you know, trying to do all of these things that we talk about all the time by yourself is a challenge, man. It's super difficult. And that's why coaches exist, you know, because we help people do better, you know? Um, so seek out a coach, you know, seek out a couple of coaches, you know, find specialty co coaches that coach you and, you know, in weightlifting in, um, you know, um, cardiovascular stuff, like whatever it is that you're doing, you know, I'm going to swim coach and a running coach, you know, so find a coach that can help you prioritize these things, you know? Um, and it does depend a lot on kind of where, where you're at in the circumstances of your particular situation, you know, how you're going to prioritize those things. You know, it's easy for me to sit here now as a father with grown children and grandkids now to say, you know, your family is priority number one. But I mean, in September 11th, I'll tell you right now, my family was not number one. Like the number one priority for me at that moment was my team and the job. Yeah. And that's, that's just the way it played out. Absolutely. Sean, you got a point? I do. I have to build off of this just to give the other side of the coin because Travis has laid it out perfectly as far as I'm concerned. I just don't want anyone to misconstrue what he was saying as a focus towards um, get yourself a coach to start doing things better. Um, I also want to say get yourself a coach to stop doing things so poorly. And so now I'm going to use myself as the example because um, I... This is my second marriage that I'm in right now. Uh, my first marriage was lost to the teams and uh, because I had zero balance. Uh, balance wasn't even a word for me. Uh, there was only one way and it was the tip of the spear thrusting it constantly forward. And so everything that was next to me that was non-work related was all behind me. And so my only focus was the team. That was it. That was all. And and that's that's a terrible way to run life that is completely unbalanced but at the time that's what made sense to me and at the time that's what was required and so the sacrifice was my first marriage and uh and and that's on me uh, that was my decision that was sean not running his life well and so with a coach a good coach perhaps uh one that could have understood how to make me better and also one that could have understood how to protect myself from me, my own ways, my own focus, my own direct forward momentum that I pursue relentlessly. A good coach could have protected me from myself and perhaps saved my first marriage. Who knows? But this is life. These are lessons that we learn many, many, many years later. So to Travis's point, he has personal experience on these matters, as do I as does every coach on here right now. The ideas and wisdom that's being thrown around is not like pulled out of a dusty old book, page 37. I better remember to quote that book because that's the only wisdom I've got. There's no books required in this uh, panel right now, though we've all read a lot. We've read a lot, but we've learned more through our lives. And so I just want to put an exclamation mark on the fact that what Travis just said is deep experienced wisdom get yourself a coach as soon as you can to protect yourself from yourself and also to make yourself better 
bam, just like that. Again, bombs dropping every <laughs> friggin' minute here. Uh, BC, got any uh, thoughts on this? Uh, I would just say that a lot of times the advice I've given other officers about balance and that sort of thing in their lives, I've had to stop and, and pay attention myself, um, and especially when it comes to exercise, sleep, uh, having some type of discipline routine like that. It's easier to get away from that and to get too far extreme to working, whether it was on a homicide unit where I was working uh, homicides and being on call. And then you get in and you and you get into that routine of it. And then everything becomes for a very short period that case. And then the exercise falls by the wayside or even the reading or doing other things that kind of recalibrate uh, your senses. Just the main thing like other, you know, I'm giving advice to other officers and detectives at the time and I'd have to stop and kind of check myself and listen to my to find that balance. But yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Fran, what do you got? So many, so many things. I wrote some down. Um, here, here's what I would say. Okay. The heart, the hardest part of being elite is no longer being elite. Okay. Because it's perspective that we have on these things. Okay. And so, you know, we're, what we're talking about is, you know, it, you know, what keeps coming up is like, what happens when we're not there anymore? Right. But like, does that really matter? You know, if our vision and our goal is forward, then that's where our focus needs to be is where do we, where do we want to be? What are, where are we going? I talked about that drive. You know, we talk about resiliency, you know, that's what gets in our head. We get focused on the past. And, and if you think about right, where you come from. And so, you know, everyone here, you served in an elite organization. When did you ever go into your, into the team room and start focusing on the past? You never did it. You went into the team room every day and you focused on what's next. What's the next mission? What's the next goal? What's the next benchmark that we have to hit? How do we get this guy up to the level of everybody else? And then what happens is we get out. And then the only thing we can ever see when we open our eyes is the rear view mirror of where we were in the bat in the past which is completely counterintuitive to everything that we did in our careers and everything that we were selected for in the first place. So how do we redefine that and look forward and say, look, great. You know, I got all this stuff on my walls here. Awesome. But that's as good as the piece of paper that it's written on in my bio. And yes, I have these experiences. Yes. It's shaped who I am. It's built my character. It shapes my thoughts and my decision-making every single day. But where do I want to be in a month, six months, a year, five years from now? That's what I got to be building for every single day. My past has helped me get there, got me a seat at the table, but it's not going to get me future success. Bang. Mike drops a, a bound. Chris, where, what are you thinking on this? My, th my thoughts on balance are maybe a little different. I, I typically try uh, to avoid the, the use of the word balance uh, when I'm working with clients and stuff. Um, I, I try to opt instead for the word harmony. And the analogy I use is, you know, when, you know, when a, an orchestra plays, you know, the tuba and the violin don't play, don't have the same amount of playing time, but 
but when played at the right time and they play the right notes, it makes really good music, right? And so kind of looking back at all of our paths, we, we come from high intensity <laughs> professions that required a great deal of our time and energy. And, and so there wasn't balance. There wasn't an equal amount of time at home and an equal amount of time at work. Um, and so again, what I kind of try to instill in my clients is if, if true balance is, is impossible, if you can't, if you can't have equal time and energy in all areas of life, create that harmony. And, and what I mean by that is, is those times that you are home, be home. And those times that you are with your, your loved ones, ensure that it's high quality time to ensure that all the time that you've missed or may miss uh, is, it makes better music. Um, because yeah, it, my the worst part of, of being on the teams was, was missing birthdays and anniversaries and you know school functions like sporting events and stuff like that. I hated doing that. And so when I finally got out of the army, uh, I told my, my youngest, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go on any more business trips. And she was stoked because uh, that means I was going to be around more. Um, and, and so what I'm, what I'm trying to focus on now is ensuring that the time that we do spend together is, is of higher quality. Uh, having said that, I, I also don't want to sacrifice, um, oh, my camera's unplugged. Sacrifice the camera. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gone. Uh, I'll keep talking and then I'll fix my camera in a second. Okay. But um, what I what I do try to maintain, though, is it, specifically like with physical fitness, is I don't want to sacrifice my ability to to outperform my grandkids when they start showing up. Um, and so if I, I want my kids to see that taking care of myself, you know, physically, mentally, all that stuff is still very important to me. And so I won't sacrifice that because ultimately my long-term goal is is to be able to outperform my grandkids i want them to be like uh, don't mess with grandpa he, he's still a beast you know and so so there again I, I don't think balance is the right word uh in in my own life i, I try to opt more for harmony in, in that the the times that i do spend in other activities whether that's with kids or or whatever it, it should be of high quality and high caliber um that way, when I do spend a lot of time either working out or on business, like starting a business is a lot, a lot harder than I than I anticipated, and requires a great deal of my time and energy. Um, I, but I, I'm trying to do that to set myself and my family up for success. And so there, there is a lack of balance, but I'm I'm comfortable with that as long as I'm creating harmony um, amidst the other areas of my life. Absolutely. Bang. Look at that. Sean, any points to add? To take it back to the original question of someone who was performing and now isn't performing at the level that they wanted, they're feeling that dissonance. Um, certainly one way to get to around all of this is to get right with who you are now and record who you are now and put it up and understand that that's who you are and there's no duck dodge or diving past that. What I do see happening out there is folks dodging their today by putting up clips from 8, 10, 12 years ago, 4 years ago. Last time they did push-ups, 4 years ago. That's now in one of their clips today. And so they will try to establish who they are today through the past 
on a pretty regular basis. So I, I use a, a, a tool, it's a lens that I view someone through. If I start seeing them put too much repetitive clip up of the same old, same old workout, they might switch around the order of the, the clip. This happened in the first 10 seconds, but the next clip, it happens at 47 seconds in. They'll use the same material to flippity flop around and create 1000 reels out of 10 single instances spread over a decade. It's because they don't have any today content that they're proud of. And that pride thing is a key to the conversation, I think is be proud of what you're going to do today. Don't worry about when you were proud of something back in the day. Create something today that you're going to be proud of that is content worthy in your mind. Don't worry about how everyone else views it. Worry about how you view it. And if you don't have some content that you're proud of today, well, find some. It's key to you moving forward on a trajectory that you will be pleased with, will be happy with, content with. If you have nothing going on in your day, create something today that you are happy with today, that you'd like to share with friends today so that you can get in the game of creating things in your life rather than focusing on things that were in your past is my point. Travis, were you gonna? You were saddled up to Mike a second ago. You got something? I think sometimes we talk about when uh, we, in my experience, when training guys that had been performing at a high level, and then for whatever reason they lost, they're coming back. You know, a lot of times uh, they're not really sure why they're coming back. You know, they just feel like something's missing from their life, or you know, like I just don't feel like I did before, and I just want to get better. You know, I don't know what it is. So a big part of that as a coach is like figuring it out, you know, like, hey, why do you feel like you don't have purpose? You know, generally, that's because you don't, you know, in my experience, a lot of our my peers, you know, when they retired, that was it. Like, OK, I'm retired. Now what? You pull up a bar stool and sit there and drink beers until one of your old bros walks in the door and then you have a moment and then they're gone. And there's no there's no real I don't know. There's just nothing to do other than that. So that leaves a big void in people's life, especially when, you know, yesterday your purpose was like so significant. You go from, from everything basically to nothing, you know, it's a, uh, it's a big, it's a big kick in the groin and it, and it hurts. So these guys recognize that they need something to keep them going. Uh, but they don't really know what it is. So as a coach, you're there to help them figure that out, you know, whether that is, you know, staying in shape so you can wrestle with the grandkids, like, like Chris said, or whether that's, you know, Hey, I'm going to pick up a contract. And I'm going to go back overseas and freaking, you know, get my life back, whatever that might be, you know, somewhere in between those two. But as a coach, it's, you're there to help people figure that out, you know? And, um, I think we kind of skipped that in, in like, Hey, we have this guy who used to be awesome and he wants to be awesome again, but now he sucks and we want to get him back. And, uh, well, like why, what happened to make him like not, be what he was once you know um we know a lot of guys that get out of the get out of the the service or high 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 level athletics or whatever and they just continue do like athletics in other disciplines and they excel because they're already performing at an elite level in one discipline and they transfer over to another discipline and they just keep that 
keep that going. They have a different a different goal now. They have a new focus, and they just drive on, like Sean says, on that trajectory towards success. You know, it's because they have purpose. You know, and that 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 is lacking a lot of times in you know retirement or post athletic career is that purpose that you once had that was so fundamental in your daily existence going away, it, it causes a lot of problems. So getting that back is also the duty of a coach. hundred percent. It actually kind of reminds me of the, uh, the letterman jacket. I don't know if, the, if you guys know that stereotype, you know, you get <clears throat> that high school football star. is going to wear his letterman jacket as long as he can versus just taking it off and getting back to work. So <laughs> I think that's the point to that. Fran, you got a thought? I do. I, I think that, um, it's it, it's about impact you know when we think about <clears throat> our purpose okay and what did we really lose and i guess at this moment i'm kind of talking to all those who are who are out there who feel that way right like who feel like i was i was a lead i was great i was a soft operator you know whatever you were okay it doesn't matter right you were an elite athlete you were an athlete right you know you were you were good on your high school football team you know maybe that that's the pinnacle and that's okay too, right? Like, and I want to make sure everyone understands that. Like, just because you have a bunch of you know guys who who became special forces operators doesn't mean like we're just still regular dudes. Like, you know, my three year old comes in here and tells me how much I suck every single day. So, and I have a fourteen year old daughter, and that's even worse. I get that in the morning and at night I suck. So, like, everyone here is is regular person. We put our pants on the same way, and it, and if the pinnacle of your eliteness was you know you were just a badass center right when you were in high school that's awesome too but what you had was you had impact and to and so many times when we talk to people who are going through this transition right of mentally and trying to figure out what am who am i what am i going to be how am i going to be what i was it often comes down to when you were in this position when you were doing this thing where you felt great where you where you were having all this effect you felt like you were having an impact and that impact could have been on the world it could have been on other people could have been on yourself and then you go into the rest of your life and you leave that team room you leave that team right and you look around and you go man everything i ever know i've ever known is behind me and it doesn't exist anymore and then we fall into this kind of pit of despair where we're like well you know, the world is out to get me. I don't have anything that I'm there for. We got to find what that impact is. Find that way to be a lead again. It might look different than what it was before. Okay. I, I was fortunate enough to serve as a Green Beret for a long time. I got to do awesome things all over the world. When I went to my first job, when I got out of the army, my, my first day, I left crying at two o'clock in the afternoon. No shit. Sorry. Cancel. Yeah, I, I, I owe, I owe beer, but I, I left in tears at two o'clock in the afternoon with no intent to go back because I had my last job. I was in the, I was an aide to a two-star general. We were all over Africa. I was in the basement of the Pentagon and the places you see in the movies. And now I was in a cubicle in rural New Jersey. And some dude with a putter and an earpiece came out swinging it, talking about selling stock. And I'm like, what, what am I doing? 
And so I went to the Starbucks and I looked out the window and the only thing that got me back was the fact that I looked internally and I said, you know, you've never quit anything in your life. Not one thing have you quit in your life and this sucks. And I'm not going to have the impact in this job that I did three months ago, but you got to get back at it. And this isn't permanent. And then I had to find that thing that was going to be able to create impact for me down the road. And I didn't know what it was in that day, but I knew what had developed my character to get to that moment. And then sometimes you have to realize that you're not going to have that impact. It's not going to be awesome all the time. But how resilient are we to find that next thing? And then once you define that, and it might take a while, then you can create impact in different ways. That's what I would challenge people to do. Bam. BC, you got any thoughts? BC, well, while there. BC is frozen, I'll yeah, jump, yeah. In. You jump in. So yeah. um, I'm going to play with what Fran just said because it's a, it's a pretty similar story to me just like a year ago, if you can believe it. And so, um, you know, I fortunately, I didn't have a guy with a putter and an earpiece uh, <laughs> to set the stage because yeah. that's a freaking classic. But, um, you know, I was Fran walking down the sidewalk looking uh, at his reflection, perhaps, and thinking, what the heck is even going on, man? This is, this is insane. Um, so that was me a year ago because I was totally happy being an elite coach coaching elite racers at elite places all around the world. I love that, man. It, it was my jam. But then I started doing this because uh, that's what I was asked to do. And that's, that's what I guess I'm supposed to do. And funnily enough, it was exactly a year ago today that two podcasts dropped almost simultaneously, the first two kind of legit podcasts that I was on, one that was run by Chance Burles, by the way, a year ago, Tools for the Toolbox, uh, where I spoke about mindfulness, of all things. And then the other podcast that dropped was the Canadian podcast with Zach. And uh, I looked at these two podcasts, I had them on my two monitors here, I, I threw a photo of it up in my stories from exactly a year ago, and said, man, a year ago, I was looking at two podcasts on my two screens, and I was thinking, this is crazy. Uh, but now, a year later, it's been almost, set, well, it's been over 700 live chat podcasts. 700. That's, that's me engaging in a process that I thought was insane, that I absolutely didn't want to do, that I thought wasn't right for me. And you know what ended up happening? I found a purpose. I found a purpose in it. So when I'm over here every day, it's not because I want to be, it's because the purpose drives me. We got to find our drive, the things that drive us in life. I had a drive to, to coach elite athletes, and now I've got a drive to drive this microphone. And so we have to, like, these things will happen in our lives where life takes us in a different direction and maybe back to the first question if we if if our lives take a change it's our job to figure out what we're going to do with the change and make the best of it even though it's going to be freaking uncomfortable like podcasting was for me over 700 ago now i'm a bit more comfortable with it 
It's not that I'm real comfortable with it, but I'm more comfortable with it. And the year from now, I'll be even more comfortable with it. But we have to realize that there's no duck, dodge, and dive on these kind of trajectories. You've just got to face what you've got to face and get on with the project called life. And you get to decide whether you want to win in it or lose in it. And it's, it's a simple binary choice. Now we can make it all kinds of gray and granular and talk about is it fair to be a winner or a loser and all of that good stuff. Just freaking go win. Pursue winning. And if you don't win a year from now or 10 years from now, whatever that means to you, at least you'll be heading in the right velocity, the right direction of trying to become a better human being along the way. 100%. <clears throat> Chris, you got any, uh, any th additional thoughts on this? I, I was too chicken to get a real job after the army because uh, I, I didn't want to experience the, the nerd coming at me while I'm sitting in my cubicle telling me what to do. And so I was like, I, I don't think I could handle that. So I, I went in a different direction, just started my own coaching business. And um, it, I think the reason I went into this field is kind of kind of to everybody's point. What kind of impact could I have? I, I still had a, a strong desire to help people, um, but now I kind of get to do it on my own terms and I don't have to carry a ruck and that's awesome. <laughs> um, and, and so like what I tell my kids often is like, as an adult, you can kind of set your own rules and, and that's, that's kind of how I'm structuring my life where I'm, I, I get to make my own rules for life and, and and part of the part of the draw of kind of doing my own thing now is I, I kind of get to set my own schedule. It's still pretty demanding, but but that means I do get to carve out time to be impactful in, in my kids' lives and, and show up to events and stuff and that type of thing. But but yeah, I think I think everybody's been on point. Like kind of rediscovering purpose is is vital to our existence. I think as men in general, uh, like we we derive a lot of our identity from how we're impacting others and how, what, what our purpose is. We tie a lot of that to our career, um, which isn't always necessary. Uh, something I tell folks often is maybe your passion and your purpose is something totally different than what you're doing as your job. Uh, maybe your job is just funding your purpose and your, and your, your means by which to impact others. Um, and so I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, discovering purpose or maybe rediscovering purpose after a time of service um, or doing something totally different is vital uh, but that that requires a great deal of self-reflection and and determining what kind of man or woman you want to be down the road like I, I, I firmly believe and I start all of my coaching sessions with like tell me who do you want to be first and then we'll figure out where you want to where you want to be and what you want to achieve after that Bam. I, man, this is going to be, I have so many number like timestamps written down here. It's incredible. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to pick from them. Now we're almost at an hour. Fran, uh, we were talking, I mean, everybody, we were all talking earlier, but, uh, about extending the show a little bit. So I think we're going to do that. But friend, if you got to run, do you want to give, some no, I moved it. I moved, you moved it back. It so you're good. Yeah. Sweet. You, I, okay. Your, your disappointment yes. was uh, yes. tangible when I said yes. I, I might have to go. So I, I moved it back. Fran well, for the win. Fran for the win. I like it. So then let's carry on with the conversation. Um, any any other thoughts on any of that? Because we got, do have another question, and I got a bunch of comments here that I want to hit on. But any other thoughts before we uh, 
carry on. Are we good? Okay, cool. So let's, I'm going to hit these comments real quick and then I'm going to put up the next question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so from the very beginning, Andrea up late says, good afternoon, fellas. We see you got a fan every time you're on here. Andrea's up here. I love it. So fantastic. Good to see you. She says, uh, you have to be ego free to appreciate that knowledge in your peers as well. I think this is a great point. Um, for sure. Then we have uh, Imperial girl jumps on here says, Oh my God, I finally found it. Which is good afternoon. Morning y'all is going to be awesome. And, uh, here we go. Yes, there are different seasons of life. And where you are is not always going to be the same, which is I, I really love this point is that time will time will change. Things happen. Um, everything shifts and moves over. <clears throat> Shit. Also, ooh, structural engineering. Yes, I'm all about bridges. <laughs> Excellent. We can talk bridges later. Um, and then I got uh, last known president just saying, hey, good to see you. So the next question, if y'all are good, any other, like I said, any other thoughts, anything brewing before we hit it up? All right, let's do it. Here we go. What's going on, coaches? It's Dre here with Great Ad Gear. As someone who's trying to pursue law enforcement, I am looking for educational uh, material, whether it be audiobooks, podcasts, uh, books in general, uh, to try and help uh, get me not only mentally prepared, but also help me get a little bit more up to speed or get a head start before I actually do start my training. So if there's anything that you can recommend, I'm very open to it. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Also, at the same time, I'd like to know what are you doing personally to help further your education? As we all know, uh, we must always be continuing to grow. So I'm curious as to what you are actually reading or your training on currently right now and what you recommend that others do at the same time. But aside from that, guys, hope you guys are all doing well and we'll see you out there. Bam, right there. And BC jumps in right after that, <laughs> right after the question ended. So we'll have to play that again for you in a second here. Uh, but let's start with, uh, I'm going to go back to France. What do you think? Well, this is, this is easy. You got you to gotta listen and watch the Jedberg podcast. I mean, right after right after you get done Absolutely. with the collective, you oh. got to go there. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, obviously after. Okay, assuming that there's time. Um, but uh, yeah, look to to answer the question, right? You know, what what am I doing? Um, and what do I obviously what I recommend is you go you go and check us out. But um, what am I doing? I'm I'm hosting the show. I'm growing the show. Okay, and there's a few things that 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 has led to. Um, you got to be, we got to be voracious consumers of information because we live in a world right now where the information that is pushed to us, and I use that word very specifically because we used to live in a world, uh, and I'm old enough to know this, where we pulled information. So we would go to somewhere, we would go to a TV, we'd go to a newspaper, all right, we'd go to a source of information. And we would extract, we would choose what we consumed, okay, and then make an interpretation on it. Now we live in a world where information is pushed to us. It's pushed on our phones in notifications. If you open up Google on your phone, there's the algorithm in there has scanned everything you've looked at and conversations you've had. And, uh, and then it's going to push you a whole bunch of articles that it thinks you want. And so if you like boats and you go on Instagram and you look at a boat, you can very quickly, 30 minutes later, think that the only thing going on in the world are these bunch of sick boats down in Miami and in the Caribbean, and there's nothing else going on in the world. 
just like if you if you get into sports and the only thing you're going to look at is clips of NFL and you know NHL players all day long. So we have to in order to continue to grow keep that in mind that everything we do on this okay everything we do on our computers on our screens is very little pulling of information. So I recently subscribed to the Wall Street Journal. You know whatever you pick you you pick your your news organization, right? Uh, but what that does is it forces me now to go to another media source because I'm not consuming my information from Instagram or Twitter, right? Which we know live on the extremes because the algorithm feeds the extremes, right? And it favors the extremes. And there's very little about what's going on. We can argue you know, your interpretation of certain news organizations, but we won't go there. Um, so we have to be conscious of what we're consuming, but we have to go out and consume it. And we have to find different opinions on different topics to truly understand what's actually going on in the world. Hosting and creating the Jedberg podcast has allowed me to do that. It has allowed me to continue to get back into reading books because the preparation that goes into meeting with people and speaking with them about their life, what's made them successful, forces you to do the research. So you grow. I say all the time that, I take away more from every conversation that I have than the people who, than the conversation actually gives, because I have to go through the process of understanding who's sitting across from me, learning about them, understanding their perspective, understanding what drives them. Why are they important? Why are they important to the audience? And what are we trying to get? So if we're consistently looking for information that's going to help us grow, that's where we're going to take, see the most strides in who we are. So I would recommend that you never stop that search bam so i got it. kind of just ended it right there but that's it's all good man that was perfect <laughs> travis what are you thinking do you remember where this is this guy in canada or is he in the united states he's in canada he's in canada um in they, the u.s they have books uh, there too you know yeah in canada, I, mean, I, they think do that, have books. I think as far as law enforcement though the uh the actual laws are different so uh, that would make a difference if you're studying American case law. I'm not sure it's going to help you that much if you're in Canada. So uh, that would be one thing. So, you know, if you're specifically targeting law enforcement and you're looking for, you know, learning materials, um, you know, I would I would think probably as much learning of Canadian case law as you can get. You know, if you're uh, I don't know what level of law enforcement you're looking to be involved in, if you're going to be you know, your average everyday beat cop, you know, then you're going to be dealing with the public, you know, daily. Um, I'm not sure about Canada, but I know in the United States, it seems that our police officers go to the academy and that's almost the end of their learning. And everything they do from that point forward is, uh, is mostly like, you know, on the job training, you know, and there, there may be like specialty units that are within law enforcement agencies that get a lot of training, you know, HRT units or stuff like that. But like generally as a B cop, I think, and I'm not one, so I don't know, but I work, I've trained with a lot of them, you know, shooting and stuff, but you know, it's like after you get through the Academy, it's like kind of over. So it's a lot of, a lot of onus is put on you to learn yourself as far as that goes. Um, you know, something that, also, I found in any discipline is finding things kind of outside of that discipline that might help you, you know, um, in law enforcement, I'm sure that psychology would be a big deal. And BC can probably speak on this a lot better than all of us because he works with law enforcement a lot. But, uh, 
you know, my, my experience with law enforcement is kind of focused on, you know, CQB and shooting and, uh, and, uh, you know, the stories that I overhear from those guys, you know, um, a lot of guys talk about, I think it's called street cop training. It's a podcast down here in the U S and they, they listen to that a lot. And that guy has a lot of, uh, a lot of good information for a lot of cops out there. So, you know, again, friends, right. Too being proactive in learning is a, is a big deal, you know, devouring as much information as you can and then consume it all. And then, uh, you know, study it and see what's right because a lot of stuff is pushed on us. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just kind of like that. I had a little alert bap on my screen, distracted me. <laughs> no worries. It happens. He got, to he, Zeke, he got put, he got pushed the information. There you go. Uh, it's, because, it's because, it's uh, because Big Bird's using up too much of my memory. <laughs> I do I do have a habit of doing that. Um so BC for you. Uh I am going to get you here but uh, I know you missed the question. So basically boils down to is um this person is getting into policing. Uh he's wondering what resources to kind of engage upon once he gets in and then on top of that the secondary question was what are you doing to continually advance your um your own personal journey. So BC will come to you. You're muted, though. Uh, there we go. I would assume that in uh, Canada and America are very similar in the sense of training. True, like you were saying earlier, you go through the academy. That's your base level. You get on patrol. That's where you learn really learn the psychology of human behavior because you're interacting with people every day and your brain is learning. And you work your beat and you know who the frequent flyers are. If you've got gangs, you start to understand you know, who works, whatever area. Um, you also usually have continuing education or in-service training. So for each year, there's, at least in the U.S., there's certain amounts of training that you have to do. And there is a running joke with a lot of departments that, hey, this in-service training is sometimes just checking a box. It's kind of the base level of training where it may be something on situational awareness. And then you've got a proactive street crimes unit that's like, yeah, this is the basics, but I'm going to teach you how to identify, you know, an armed subject just based on watching their behavior. And you start to get to higher levels. So the, the, some of the answers were you do have to seek out the training and there's a lot of training out there. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into it was that there wasn't really anyone in the South that I could drive to and take a class and learn about gangs. And so when I had gangs on my beat and I'm talking about like multiple blood sets, so there's no such thing as like one large blood organization. You have all these different blood sets, different crypt sets, Sorenos, gangster disciples, Latin Kings. In my city, we had all of this stuff. And so I, I didn't understand the gangs. And when I was asking senior ranking people and they were like, shut up rookie and go work your beat. Cause they didn't have those answers. So I wanted to be able to walk into a room and get a briefing the same way you know, I, I could have gotten in the military or that other people get in the military. I want to know everything. I want to know why they wear a bandana a certain way. What's the terminology? I want to know the secret codes. I want to know hand signs. I want to know their organization better than most of their ranking members. So I had to go to the source, which is the street, go to gang members, start to develop, you know, rapport with them, develop informants, and then get them to teach me a lot of this material. 
You can also learn some things from books. You've got some gang members that have written some autobiographies and some people are saying, Hey, a lot of it is, is BS now, but you can, you know, refer to some of these books. I post a lot of them in Instagram or we'll mention them on the disruptors podcast with BC and ski, which is what we do. Uh, we brought on like a reformed Nazi skinhead. Uh, we've got some, some gang members and drug dealers lined up in the, for future episodes, but anything in police work now has to be very, very proactive. Uh, and that also means seeking out your senior people in your agency. Once you get on somewhere and asking them questions and learning and learning and learning. So, and some departments are also going to have a higher threshold of in-service training. So you may only have three courses required for that year across the state or across the, the jurisdiction. And then certain departments will say, yeah, you're going to get four hours on, you know, arrest techniques, but we're going to push it to eight hours and we're going to bring in this person who's going to help show you some, some better techniques to go above and beyond. So it was that way with us with firearms training um, and then different units and stuff. So uh, sorry for the long answer, but um, I, I hope that helps. Yeah, absolutely. At least what I'm taking from it, it's like just maintain a level of curiosity of just mm -hmm. constantly like seeking, uh, Oh, I want more. I want to know more and consistently maintaining that something that uh, I failed to do when I was back in, back in the service. Chris, you got any thoughts? <laughs> I always have thoughts. They're not always coherent, but uh, to, to the individual's question, um, my, my first like tangible recommendation would be read Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Uh, and it's a behemoth of a book. If you can listen to it, that, that helps a little bit. Um, but all right. So why that book? Um, because that, that whole book is about, um, understanding that one's quality of work is really an expression of their character. And so if you can keep that theme in mind throughout your life, that whatever you're doing, whether sweeping hallways or being a police officer or a coach or whatever, the quality of work that you do is a reflection of who you are. Uh, and keeping that in mind throughout life, uh, I think will, will benefit anybody that is willing to engage the behemoth of that book. Um, and, and then to, to some other points that were mentioned. Yeah. I, one of my goals is to, is to be constantly seeking out new information and new skills that I could uh, acquire and then apply to my life. Uh, and I think it's worth mentioning that having a strong filter is important, uh, amidst that, uh, seeking of information, because again, as mentioned, a lot of information is pushed our way and a lot of it is pushed our way intentionally. Uh, and so having a, a strong filter to, to be able to think critically uh, about all of that information is, is pretty vital, uh, moving forward. Absolutely. Sean, what do you got? I was trying to work on a third C word in order to kick out a pithy phrase here. So we've got curiosity. We've got competency, and maybe the third C is contextuality. So let me nice. do that real quick. So um, I this is how I run my life for sure. Maybe with the three C's, I got. I'm curious about all kinds of things, and so for Gray Man Dad uh, stepping into a trajectory that's going to take him to a new career. You got to be curious about your career, of course. I mean, that's self-evident. Everyone's already talked about that. You got to get up to speed on the thing that you're about to do. But that's very one-dimensional. 
You've got to think three-dimensional. You've got to be curious about freaking everything. You've got to be curious about who are these guys on this panel? Why is Chance holding his coffee mug like that? Blah, blah, blah. All of the things in life you have to be curious about. Because when you're standing in front of a, a, a human and you're trying to form the pattern on them, one dimensionality will only get you one dimensional. You've got to be able to read all the signs, all the nuance, all of the, the hidden messages that are right there in front of you that you'll only see if your curiosity in life has been 360 and is really wide. You'll see more about a person than they'll see about themselves if you've seen a lot of the world. But if you've only seen a tiny little bit of the world because you've only been focused on a tiny little thing, you'll miss all of those messages. So for gray man dad stepping into that career, you've got to learn how to read the world by being more curious. Now, once you see something that has your curiosity, well, then you've got to get on with getting really good at it. You've got to focus on the quality of the work. And then once you've started to do some pretty good things with the quality of the work, now you've got to go contextualize it against a year ago, which I do on the regular. So let me give you the example that popped into my head. I've been riding mm, bike a long time, dirt bike, or sorry, uh, mountain bike for a long, long time. And, uh, and I can ride a bike well. I could ride a bike well a year ago. But you know what was not up to snuff? Was my videos. My videos sucked. I would ride a bike like I can ride it. But then I'd try to capture it on video to push up to the Instagrams in order to inspire someone to go out and buy a bike or go out and ride a bike or go out and do something rad today. But my videos sucked because I didn't know how to capture it because I'd never, ever done it before. Like, I wasn't a content creator. I just some dude who liked drinking coffee and shredding the trails. Well, in trying to capture it to put it out there to people, I'm a relentless pursuer of excellence, man. So every day I was trying to make a better video than the day before. Now, contextuality, I can look back a year ago and see, wow, my video sucked. But my writing is my writing. My writing was still good. It's just as good as it is today. But the video that I put out yesterday makes it look like I can ride rather than a year ago where it looked like I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't know what I was doing with video. So clipping things together, is it a three-second clip? Is it an eight-second clip? How do I put all of this stuff together? Do, how do I add music to videos? All of these little curiosities that we're supposed to engage in to better understand the world around us, to create better quality through that curiosity and then continue contextualize against it. That is what keeps you in the groove, wanting more, trying to do better with that more, and then represent it out there to the world to help others understand that you can be more. Bam. Again, <clears throat> I don't know how I'm going to cut this up because I just like want everybody to watch this full episode across the board. <laughs> this has been fantastic. Um, now, I have a question. Are any other thoughts on that before? I, I just want to, I have a question on this, but everybody good? Okay. Um, so it goes to Chris's point earlier, you were talking about, uh, you know, you have to have a filter, right? And Fran, you were talking about, you know, being a voracious consumer of information. But a, you know, a filter can become a bias very easily. And so what I'm wondering is how, how do you guys utilize that filter slash bias or whatever to 
kind of focus focus what it is you're seeking. So as as a, an example, I'm um, when I'm over I'm on Instagram, what my feed consists of is like fantastic, inspiring people like Fran and Chris and Travis and BC and all the people, Sean, you included, right? But that's what my feed is because that's who I look for, right? When I'm looking for guests on the collective, I'm constantly scrolling for people who are inspiring, who are awesome people, who are just kicking butt left, right, and center. But that has filtered now my view. It has almost biased what I see on Instagram to to thinking like, oh, the world's kind of awesome. Like everyone's out there kicking butt <laughs> versus the reality of the world is what there's stuff going on. So this is what I'm asking is how do you, I guess, recognize the bias and adjust the filter or something along those lines? Travis, you had a thought? Yeah, if you're speaking about current events, um, wait a week. You know, that's the, the best filter that I can give you is, uh, you know, a good example of that right now is what's going on in the Middle East. You know, you hear the, the updated feed every 10 minutes, virtually every time you hear a breaking story, it's wrong. So don't listen to anything like that. Um, don't listen to anything like that, you know, for at least three days before you start collecting any information on that kind of stuff, you know, um, filtering other things, man, is study history yourself, you know, study history big time and, uh, and, and learn from it. You know, there's, there's so much that's currently left out. I mean, I'm in college right now. I take a history class every term and I'm a history nerd. So a lot of the things that are, that my professor conveniently leaves out of certain blocks. I'm just like, yeah, you know, have you thought about this? Like, oh, well, yeah, we knew about that, but we didn't want to, you know, upset anybody. It's like, I mean, it's history is the study of events, man. It's not like bias one or the other, you know, it just happened or it didn't happen, you know? So being able to collect that stuff, you know, through your own efforts is, is super important because like you said, everything that we get nowadays is pushed through a filter before it gets to you. So it's very important that you identify sources that you are, that are trustworthy. If you're wanting to, if you're one of those people who wants to consume the, the updated feed every 15 seconds, you know, and then uh, I would probably bounce that off of one that you completely do not trust. You know, like if you're, you know, if you're, if you're a, I like my news from this, this white news organization, you get the news from this black news organization, you know, something that's opposite, you know, and uh, so that you're, you're not going to have just one, you know, information from a bubble. You know, it's very, very challenging. Absolutely. Fran, how about yourself? I know you got to run, but uh, what do you got? What are you thinking? I, th I think that you have to display two characteristics. One is curiosity and the other one is humility. And so, you know, I'll kind of reverse those and start with humility. Number one, we have to understand and be okay with the fact that we don't know everything. And that even if we think we know a lot about a certain subject, there's probably a lot more people who know a lot more than we do about that subject. And so that then leads us to, well, how do you combat that, right? You, well, you have to have curiosity. So you have to be willing to then go out and find differing opinions or find more knowledge about what it is you think you know a lot about. And through that discovery process, you'll find that there might be a different perspective than you had before. So if you can demonstrate 
humility first and then curiosity, which is then going to increase your knowledge. And uh, Sean talked about being worldly. You know, that's the most important thing we can be. You know, I mean, why why are why are special operators always uh, always highlighted as being this group of people that can be put into any situation? Well, the reason is because they're always exposed to different things. They're always exposed to different uh, environments, and they may or may there may or may not be right answers to the complex problems that they're asked to solve. And so, what that creates is a very resilient and a very adaptable attitude that uses humility to understand that I don't know a lot about this situation. And then I'm going to be curious to go find out everything I can about this topic to then create and solve this complex problem that's been presented to me. So if we can continue to do that, then we can be successful in, in anything that we set out to do. And I, we have to constantly keep that in the back of our mind. And the minute we wake up and we look at something and say, I don't need to read the rest of this article. I don't need to watch the rest of this. I don't need to ask that question that's in the back of my mind because I already know the answer. Well, that's the first step in the path to failure. Bam. Any, uh, any final thoughts before you got to jump off? Don't even that say was that. My final don't thought. even that was yeah, correct. That, what what was more do we have to thought. hear? Come on, get out of here. Drop the, the can drop, drop the cloud lifter and bounce. <laughs> That's it. Well, Fran, I do really appreciate it. I know I really wanted to uh, just drive it extra a little bit. You, you hit that so well. I uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being uh, on the show. Really do appreciate it. If you gotta guess, guess you gotta go do other things like run your two yeah, businesses. Man. And <laughs> I'm tired of hearing it anyway. Right, Fran. Right, well, we uh, do really appreciate it. We'll see you next time, and uh, I'll be chatting with you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Always love coming on. Appreciate you having me. And great meeting everybody. Good luck, everyone. See ya. Uh, Chris, I'm going to come to you next. What are, your, what are you thinking on this particular topic? It was kind of touched on already, but uh, I think a skill that should be developed in everyone is the ability to entertain a thought without accepting it. And, and that's, that's really just the practice of, of absorbing a lot of information. And that's where the real filter is. The, um, the filter shouldn't eliminate all opposing ideas, but rather let that all in. But the, the real filter is being able to digest all of those different thoughts and different perspectives and then determining with your own logic and reasoning whether or not they're good ideas or not. Um, and so that's kind of my take on, on, on a filter. And, and yeah, it, I don't use Instagram or TikTok as my news feed uh, because it, it is filled with a lot of stuff that I just enjoy and find interesting. Um, uh, and so I have to go out and seek other other perspectives in regards to current events and and kind of different philosophies that are out there. Um, but it is it is a skill that a skill that I'm still trying to get better at, which is which is being able to entertain somebody else's opinion without having to accept it. So. I really like that. I like that a lot. BC, what are you thinking? Yeah. So going back to when I used to train rookies on patrol, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit, but we would have people move to the South from all over the U S and when they would move here, a lot of them were, were shocked that our city was as diverse as it was. And I would see officers moving to the area. And because we would go into a very small area and it could be just one apartment complex, and you're only going to deal with about 10, 10 dudes that live in that area, but you're dealing with them every day and there's fights and there's arguments and shots fired and people are getting stabbed. And then 
So I would see that rookies or newer officers were starting to associate everyone in that area being the exact same as that that small group they were dealing with. So and then it would and then it would be on our district level as well. And a lot of times it would break down to race. So like the the area that I worked, my district on patrol, some in a very small area of a of a large city, was predominantly black. And so I may have you know, uh, white males moving to the area from the Midwest and they had basically grown up in farms or grown up in, in very rural areas. So I would have to take them and roll around in a patrol car and stop. And while someone's, you know, cutting grass or hanging out, you know, on, on their front porch or doing some yard work or something, stop, we get out of the car and we start talking to citizens and having to explain to the officers, this is the same neighborhood that we're going to come to time and time again because of this house or this house down the street and everyone's going to look the same. Everything's going to seem the same to you, but you got to stop and talk to people and realize most of these families here, you're never going to deal with because they're, they're not getting in trouble. They're going to work, they're paying their bills. But when you come into this neighborhood, you've never been here before and you think everybody looks the same and acts the same. And if you're not careful, your own brain will start to have that filter and say, okay, I'm going into this small area and every kid here is going to be a gang member. Every kid here is going to be a drug dealer or whatever. So we would have to combat that by just getting out and talking to citizens and just being like, look, you've got to push these thoughts out and understand every person you encounter is, is they've got a clean slate. You know, they're not a threat to you until you read their body language properly, or you've already dealt with them in the past. And you know, they are in fact, in part of a gang or, or a drug circle or whatever. But it's that idea of having actual interpersonal conversations and getting them outside of the car, getting them walking through apartment complexes and talking to people and then understanding, okay, everyone can look the same. Heck, a lot of the dudes can dress the same, but that doesn't mean they're in the same activity. So it's just that that filter, at least in that world, that's what happens. The same way people have that filter about me, and we've joked about it in the past, but I have a Southern accent. I know how I look. So a lot of people size me up as a nerdy guy from the South. How would he know anything about gangs or skinhead subculture or other criminal activities or anything like that? So I already know ahead of time, other people have filters about people from the South or this white guy. How would he know anything about gangs? So in my world, that sort of thing, we have to break down constantly and I have to get people exposed to other cultures that maybe they've never been around just because of where they grew up. Yeah, that's a great point. I uh, <laughs> I remember listening to a podcast and it had a <clears throat> had a professor from the University of Alabama, I think it was, who was like a local. I uh, grew <laughs> up and went, and so he had this really really thick accent, and he was talking about like neuroscience, and it was mm-hmm. just it it was really hard to actually believe what he was saying. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah, oh, yeah. But it's it's a hundred percent a solid <laughs> solid point. Sean, you got any uh, thoughts on this? Yeah, as I was listening to BC, I was thinking of the three C's. So um, the curiosity, the quality, and the contextuality. Uh, Because uh, good on BC, he was taking the rookie or the person who was being introduced to the area for the first time or the first week or first month, whatever the case. And uh, he was acclimatizing them to the environment and creating curiosity through that acclimatization by having the individual observe things and then creating 
uh, a quality relationship, even though it was an early effort, creating a quality relationship with the regular citizens in that area so that then the individual could contextualize it against the problem areas. So we've got the three C's just in that one single incident. And that contextualization that uh, the individual can do is do it that day and then do it a year later. Uh, and the further they increase their curiosity, the more quality they drive out of their curiosity in their work, the more contextuality they can create until they're BC, where BC just saunters down the road and sees what he sees, which is way more than the rookie, what they're seeing. The three C's are kind of important, and uh, BC illustrated that perfectly in my mind. Thanks. Absolutely. Now, we are just about an hour and a half now, so I think we're going to... Uh shut her down for the afternoon. I really do appreciate you guys joining us for the extra amount of time here because this has been a fantastic conversation. So really do appreciate it, Chris, BC, Travis, and Fran, even though he ran a little bit early. Uh, we're going to make fun of him for a while. It's all good. I do want to hit these real quick. A um, couple comments. Uh, Imperial Girl jumped in here earlier. He said you would go to the library. You would look up resources and research in, in reference to what Fran was saying about having to pull information. 100%. Uh, Vanessa jumps on here says digging this longer podcast form there's so much in this one in this one applicable to such a vast audience full of gems i needed to hear as a part-time entrepreneur lacking motivation lately perfect well i'm glad to uh, be of service uh, great ad gear jumps in here he says thanks gents thanks for the feedback it could be tenacity or my adhd brain that focuses on one subject or topic but i am consistently trying to learn as much as i can before i go into the academy which is a great attitude to take and he says, uh, currently I'm training with firearms and taking classes. And while that's great, I am trying to get as as much knowledge as I can. And I am looking for resources. So there you go. And then, uh, and yeah, that's what we got for those. We got some, there's lots of people talking in the uh, in the background to each other. So that's great, but I'm not going to put it up for everybody. <laughs> and the, um, let's hit some final thoughts. And then we can shut it down for the afternoon. So Chris, I'm going to come to you first. Any final thoughts? Uh, it, was, it was a great conversation. I appreciate you uh, including me in it. I feel like I'm a little bit smarter today, so so thank you. Um, I, I think the the couple things that I remember from from today's talk is like um, seeking after purpose. I think that's huge, uh, and trying to rediscover that even if even after maybe a, a different career or something. But that takes serious self reflection. And uh, I encourage everybody to to engage in that in a in a serious kind of way. And you and you can you, you can use the help of the people around you to kind of engage in some of that. So, go f go for it. Absolutely, I love it. BC, final thoughts. Oh, there we go. I got. I'm playing with it. There we go. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, no, I enjoyed it. As always, I, I like coming on. I like talking. I apologize earlier. Um, my connection kept dropping out. So, uh, But you're pretty smooth, man, bringing me back in. So I appreciate that. Uh, and the main thing is just like for, for people out there is like the purpose, the focus in life. Uh, I think more than anything, just find things that you enjoy and reach out to people, even if it is through instagram or through uh comments on a podcast or whatever it is like i don't know i'm just a big a big extrovert and i like people to be able to interact with one another i think we all kind of become a better society instead of pulling back in and and getting into our devices and not interacting socially with one another out in public so that's my final thought 
Absolutely. Love it. Travis, what are you thinking? Again, uh, chiming off of Chris, like purpose is super important. Um, you know, having that purpose and keeping that, keeping that trajectory going forward is a, is a big deal, especially in a man's life, you know, in all of our lives, but men especially need some purpose to, uh, to live a life that's fulfilling. Um, along with that, you know, the, uh, the chapters in our life change and those, those focal points shift as well. So, you know, adjusting fire on those things and, and keeping that, keeping that spear pointed forward is a, is a big deal, you know, and that's a constantly evolving, constantly evolving situation. So you have to pay attention to that. And, uh, you know, we're all coaches and we're here to help you. So if you're having some trouble, seek out a coach, man, seek out a coach. If you want to be your best, then it's probably going to take some help from somebody else. You know, you're not going to be able to be your best by yourself. So seek out a coach and, uh, and get that coaching guidance, mentorship. And uh, who knows, maybe that coach will seek out a coach to help you. So, you know, you know it's uh, there's a big team of people out there that all want to help. So uh, get hot, man. I like it. I like it. Sean, final thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to play with the where do you get your information from. Well, today you got it from five coaches. And uh, each coach has a different uh, selection of source material that they can draw on called their freaking experienced life. They're not just drawing on the news of the day or the news of yesterday. They're not drawing information from TikTok. They're drawing information from decades of experience. And so in today's chat, there was multiple decades of experience that doesn't rely on today's news. It relies on a body of work that is going to help you out in ways that you can't understand yet. So don't worry about uh, too many things uh, uh, in the news cycle. If you want to get better, turn off the TV for a little bit, go find yourself a good coach and engage for at least a month and see how much better you are in 30 days. Bam. I, uh, I, I don't have really a whole lot to add. I really do appreciate the conversation. This has been fantastic. And there, as to, to everyone's point, there has been so much information in this particular episode that I, I would recommend don't look at the clips. Come and watch the freaking whole show because this is fantastic information. And uh, I want to touch on kind of everyone's point here. But initially, you know, we all have to learn something and if we can learn how to seek purpose that is a good thing because that allows us to then understand and build upon each step skill stacking like you always say sean and once you do that you can grow into something called harmony and once you have harmony life is pretty amazing so do that with us every day here on the collective we'll see you all tomorrow chimo chimo